This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. And welcome back. Very good afternoon to you and wonderful to be back with you and wonderful to be back here in this new secular year. It's 10 minutes past two on the 16th of January, believe it or not, 2019. And uh, here we are in our beautiful, as uh, to borrow from uh, some other <coughs> uh, presenters on this uh, station, our pain-free Beautifully uh, cool and air-conditioned studio here on the High Felt. Um, it is 101.9 High FM and it is the program Judaism 101.9 coming to you live today um, on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. And yes, back to business. We are back at school. We're back at work. We're back from um, vacations, holidays, uh, times that we spent hopefully in uh, good things and wonderful things with family and friends. And uh, now it's, um, as people keep on saying, back to reality. But um, then what is the reality? Is that the reality? Is this the reality? And uh, what are we actually back to? And if we're just back to reality, is that um, with a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek, a little bit of a negative vibe that we get coming through, or are we back to the reality of what we've actually got to do with that reality, which is to build it up, to make it better, to improve it if it's bad, to make it uh, wonderful if it's not feeling so great, and to make it um a justification for the fact that we are around here to tell the tale, that we're here to live in this beautiful environment, in this wonderful community, with all the wonderful things that we have, and to be able to forge ahead in uh, the months, in the days, in the weeks, in the minutes, in the moments that are up ahead, um, doing them with a positive energy, with a positive outlook, with a commitment, with a passion, with an enthusiasm. And if we can get just some of that right, well, we'll be turning the corner and making this into a much better uh, 2019 than uh, 2018. Not that um, there was uh, all that much um, wrong with it. Perhaps it was our attitude. Perhaps it was something that we should have done a little bit more about. But he has a golden opportunity to put that behind us, to turn this corner, to get back into the thick of things and truly and really make it all happen. Right at the beginning of the year, um, of this secular year, um, of course, we are into the month of Shvat and very much into the month of Shvat. Today is already the 10th of Shvat. Um, we'll speak a little bit more about that later on in this show, in this program. But uh, today, just to think about some of the very, very powerful Judaism 101.9 messages that we have in this month of Shvat and perhaps moving through them in reverse order. It's a good place to start when you uh, uh, need to begin a radio show is let's go backwards. Let's start with something that comes up, a festival, a Chag, that occurs next week on Monday. It's a very special Chag. It is a Chag. It is a festival that is mentioned in the Mishnah, in Mishnayot. It is mentioned in the Talmud, therefore. Um, it is a day that is known as a weekday New Year or a New Year that occurs on a weekday. What does that mean? It is one of the New Years that uh, Jews celebrate all over the world and always have, and it is called the New Year for the Trees. And believe it or not, it comes up on this coming Monday. Sunday night and Monday is Tu Bishvat or Chamisha Asar Bishvat, the 15th day in the month of Shvat. What is that? really all about. What are we talking about when we talk about a new year for the trees? 
is this an occasion to go out and plant trees? I think not. Um, it has perhaps been popularized that way in Kolakavod to those who uh, seized that opportunity and did that. But it is rather a time where we're supposed to focus on and think about charity, where we're supposed to focus and think about the beautiful fruit and the beautiful things that God has blessed us with, the opportunities that we have with them all. And it all comes from something that happened in the temple times, and that was that according to uh, the Torah law, according to biblical law, um, there is, as we know, a seven-year agricultural cycle. This is what is known as the Shemitah year or the sabbatical year that would occur every seven years. And this agricultural cycle concludes with this Shemitah year. Now, when the Beit HaMikdash, when the temple stood in Yerushalayim, it was a very, very interesting um, compilation of um, uh, facts that um, the tax collectors of the um, of the Torah and the people themselves had to know all about, and that was that in the first, the second, the fourth, and the fifth years of the cycle, so in years number one, two, four, and five, all farmers were required to separate a tenth of their produce and to eat it in Yerushalayim. They actually had to take a tenth of their produce and eat it in Jerusalem. It was known as Meiser Sheni. This was a tithe known as the second tithe, or the second Meiser, the second set of 10% that had to be taken, because it was in addition to the 10% that had to be given anyway to the Levium. On the third and the sixth years of the cycle, so those are the missing years out of this whole cycle, instead of the owners eating the Maiser Sheni in Yerushalayim, they had to give the second tithe to the poor who were permitted to consume it wherever they wished. So there was this two-tiered kind of approach. And on the um, uh, the one uh, set of rules was in years one, two, four, and five, the person themselves, the father, the farmer themselves had to take it to Yerushalayim where that 10% had to be consumed. And in the remaining years, in the other two years, which was the third and the sixth years of the cycle, the food, the uh, produce, the fruits were given to the poor people and poor people could eat it then everywhere. So there was always the second tithe that had to be taken off and it just depended on when and how it was consumed, sometimes by you yourself and sometimes given to the poor. Now, it became obvious, therefore, just as it is in deciding when the beginning and the end of a tax year is, it became obvious and uh, of vital importance to know when the new year would start for produce. Was it to be just like everything else that we would take it, let's say, from Rosh Hashanah or perhaps at one of the other New Year's from Nisan, the month in which Pesach occurred? Or was there something special to be perceived and to be done when it came to fruit? And in fact, this was what they actually concluded, our sages concluded, that we had to work it back to when the fruit was actually first Conceived, so to speak, when the fruit actually came into being. And they worked it back with a process whereby they determined that it took four months, four whole months on the calendar for water. When you take the water that waters a plant, it takes four months for it to be effective, for it to make an effect on the fruit. And for the fruit to be able to say, when we take a look at the fruit on a tree, that this actually comes from this year's produce, we need to go back and say, well, when did the water for this year fall? That produced that fruit. And if we can go back four months, well, if we took a look at um, 
the process and we think back four months from before Tubishvat, from before the 15th of Shvat, we get back to Sukkot. And yes, it's on Sukkot that the rainfall is determined for the year. Um, really, everything is determined on the Rosh Hashanah, but everything uh, to do with water and rain is determined on Sukkot. You know, that's the time that we have the water libations and so on. Yes, we postpone our real prayers for rain till the end of that Chag, till the end of Sukkot on Shemini Atzeret, when we pray for rain because we don't want people to uh, not sit in their sukkah. And how can we be begging God for rain when people might uh, be driven inside and so on? And maybe it's an insincere prayer. And therefore, the uh, time that water is determined for a year is on Sukkot, the 15th of Tishrei. You fast forward now four months, you get to the 15th of Shvat. And so therefore, it was a really scientific, spiritual calculation that the fruit benefits from this year's blessing from the 15th of Shvat onwards. From Monday onwards, we can really take a look at that fruit and say this is the fruit that was created, that was um, uh, that was produced, and that benefited from the rainfall, from the bracha, from the blessing of this year. So it's all about counting our blessings. It's all about determining where our blessings come from. And it's all about understanding that when we crunch on, when we munch on that apple, that peach, that pear, and um, we take that fruit and we savor it and we regard it as such a wonderful, wonderful uh, produce of this world, we've got to remember where our blessings came from. And if it came from this year's produce, it is from the 15th of Shvat onwards. Be back with you in a moment. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. And we'll continue with our program of Judaism 101.9. <coughs> we spoke a little bit about Tubishvat, about the Chamisha Osubishvat, about the 15th of Shvat. Just out of interest um, for those on Judaism 101.9 who don't know, Tu Bishvat means the 15th of Shvat. The way that the numbers work in uh, Jewish counting is that the numbers are letters of the Hebrew alphabet. An Aleph is one, a Bet is two, a Gimel is three, and so on. When it comes to the numbers 15 and 16, we have a problem because it would be a combination of a Yud, which is 10, and then either the letters hey or the letter vav for the 15th or the 16th to make it up to 10 plus 5 or 10 plus 6. And um, when we have that, unfortunately or fortunately, we spell one of God's names. The name of Hashem is spelt out by either of those two letter combinations, the yud plus a hey or the yud plus a vav. And this we can't certainly do. We certainly can't do it if we want to not take God's in name in vain. And we can't simply relegate God's name to being a page number or just a number per se. It would seem completely incorrect. And therefore, the wisdom of our sages living down through the ages has given us the idea that instead of saying 10 plus 5, we rather say 9 plus 6. And in the case of the 16th, we would play, say, 9 plus 7. So our mathematics was quite good as well. So 10 plus 5 adds up to 15. 9 plus 6 adds up to 15. And 9 plus 6 is the letters Tet and Vav. Tet and Vav, if you put them together, spells 2. So if you want to know where 2 Vishvat comes from, it's from the combination of those letters which is actually the way we would write the Hebrew date of the 15th of Shvat. Now, the idea, the concept, of course, as we mentioned before the break, was the idea of the tithes, of the tithes of the fruit, and working out exactly where that fruit came from. Did it come from last year's blessing or this year's blessing? 
if it was in last year's blessing, it had to have been tithed last year. If it's in this year's blessing, well, it's got to be tithed in this year's produce. And that was a way that was determined, it was used to determine how much the tithing of that second miser, of that miser shani, um, had to be and had to be done on, uh, those years, um, or at that, at that time when it had to be given in the times of the Beit Migdash. And so the concept of Tu Bishvat, of Chamishasa Bishvat, is really the idea of a new year, therefore, for the trees, but more pedantically is a new year for the fruit of the trees or the fruit trees rather than all other trees. It's not as though the trees get together and celebrate a Rosh Hashanah, um, but rather that we celebrate, commemorate the concept, the idea of the fact that the Torah tells us that man is like the tree in the field. And since man is like the tree, we too need to count our blessings. We need to know also where our blessings come from. We need to realize that uh, the work of our, of, our, of our hands, of our heads, of our hearts, our minds, of ourselves in doing good things in Torah and mitzvot, these these are the real fruits of our labors, and these are the uh, very produce that comes from the blessings that Hashem has showered us with. And therefore, it is a very, very beautiful um, image-filled um, chag on which we celebrate the fruit, and we celebrate the trees, and we're celebrating nature. But much more than that, we're celebrating our lives and celebrating the fact that we understand and we know where our brachas, where our blessings come from. How do we celebrate Tu Bishvat? What do we do for the 15th of Shvat? For your knowledge on Judaism 101.9, the way that we celebrate Tu Bishvat is simply by not saying penitential prayers. So we leave out Tachanun from our prayers on um, Sunday night and on Monday. We, um, in addition to that, try to eat fruit. Um, and to make the blessings over the fruit, and particularly, if we can, to eat the fruits that Israel was particularly blessed with from a biblical point of view, which are olives and dates and grapes and figs and pomegranates. And, of course, to bear in mind that if it is the first time that you're eating those fruits in the season, in the last few months, that you should make the bracha shehechianu, that we thank God for having allowed us, enabled us. Um, let us live and let us succeed and let us be at this present present moment ingesting, eating, and enjoying um, the fruit that Hashem, that God has bestowed upon us and that he has blessed us with in this beautiful, wonderful world. So this is what Chamisha Asa Bishvat, this is what Tu Bishvat, the 15th of Shvat, is really all about coming up next week on Sunday night and Monday. On this coming Shabbat, we um, read the Parsha of Beshalach. And t- coupled with that Parsha of Beshalach, we um, have, you may see on your calendar, that it is also known as Shabbat Shira. It is the Shabbos of the song. This is the Shabbos, not necessarily of singing and of any song, but of the song of Kriyat Yamsuf, the song that was sung by the Jewish people when we crossed the Red Sea. The idea of the crossing of the Red Sea is um, fundamental and is obviously the main theme of this week's Parsha. But the concept of the song, which comes, interestingly enough, in the fourth segment of the Parsha, Revi on Shabbos, which corresponds to Wednesday. And so if you're learning a, a segment of the Parsha each day, today you would have learned we would study 
all about the Shiratayam, the song of the sea, the song that we sang when we crossed the Red Sea. And at this time of singing the song, we think about the attitude of the Jewish people and the attitude of God and the wonders and miracles that were wrought on our behalf in getting us out of Egypt. And the fact that as we crossed the Red Sea, we sang these incredible praises to the Almighty, recognizing once again where our blessings came from, recognizing once again that the awesome power that God had uh, visited upon us and upon Egypt and enabling us to uh, see that redemption, which became the forerunner of all redemptions, and please God, will be the um, ultimate image of the redemption, the Geula Shlema, the complete redemption that we should all hopefully experience immediately um, now with the coming of Mashiach, that this concept of the Shiratayam, the song that is sung and is repeated in our prayers every single day. We say it every day in our davening, in our prayers, as Yashir Moshe, that Moses and the Jewish people sang the song and then we go through the entire song that they sang um, at the time of Kriyat Yamsuf, at the time of the crossing of the Red Sea, a song of praise of the power of the awesomeness of the might of the Almighty. And, of course, praising God for everything that he did in order to enable us to get out of Egypt, to live another day, to uh, live on, to survive. The survival of the Jewish people has been themed, really by this Shiratayam, by this song of the sea that was sung and that we repeat and we sing on this coming Shabbos. And so much so that the Shabbat itself is named Shabbat Shira. It is the Shabbos of song. It is the Shabbos of the song, of this song, of the song of Kriyat Yamsuf, of the song of the crossing of the Red Sea. And what a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos, therefore, we have um, up ahead. But let's now, as we said, we're going in reverse, so we did something about Monday. We did something about Shabbat. Let's talk about today. Today is Wednesday. It is the 10th day in the month of Shvat. It is known as Yud Shvat. The 10th day in the month of Shvat is a great and incredibly powerful Hasidic holiday, a holiday, a special date in the Chabad Hasidic calendar. It is the day that commemorates that marks the yard site of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. The previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, who passed away on Yud Shvat, on this day, the 10th day of Shvat, um, in New York. And it was um, in 1950 of uh, the secular calendar that um, the uh, Rebbe passed away, that the, we commemorate the Hilula, the yard site of the Rebbe, Yud Shvat. And therefore, it becomes also the day that marks the um, um, elevation to the leadership of the uh, Chabad Hasidic movement. And of course, um, yes, um, we intrinsically know and believe um, of world Jewry, um, particularly in the, these, the, the days after uh, the Holocaust of the World War of his son-in-law of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson. And if we think about this day, therefore, it is also a day about recognizing of thinking and looking at where our blessings come from, about recognizing and thinking about when the new phase begins um, and when it, it kind of uh, takes all the messages of the past um, integrates them, um, intercalates them, works on them, and makes them even more powerful and even more meaningful and even more grand and even more beautiful and even more spread throughout the world, as the Rebbe did with all the teachings of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. So, Yud Shvat, the day of the 10th of Shvat, 
has this kind of um, ambivalence in a way, but uh, not in any way in a negative sense, the idea that we are thinking about commemorating, looking back at uh, the life and times of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, as we know, as many call him, the Rebbe Rayatz, as we know him as the Friedeke Rebbe, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. And then, of course, looking at and uh, putting under the spotlight, really, the um, access to leadership of um, his son-in-law, of the Rebbe, and everything that he did in order to take. And there wasn't an occasion, I don't think, that uh, the Rebbe spoke without mentioning his uh, father-in-law. The Rebbe always looked at his father-in-law, Rabbi, the Friedrich Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Schneerson, as the Rebbe. He was a reluctant mamalamokim. He was a reluctant fuller of those huge shoes that um, the uh, previous Rebbe left behind. And um, yet in his humility, in his humbleness, in the way that the Rebbe went about it, he um, took whatever it was that his father-in-law had stood for, always recognizing him as the ultimate leader, and um, made it into what is known today as the Chabad Lubavitch Worldwide Movement, um, which is, um, as everybody will have to, um, and needs to and does acknowledge is um, so awesome, so powerful in uh, all the corners of the globe, in every country in the world, just about where there are Jews, there is a Chabad presence. And uh, what would our world be like? What would the Jewish world be like if it wasn't for these great and wonderful people? who taught us so much, who left us such a legacy and who gave us so much not only to think about but to um, enthuse ourselves with, to drive our passion and our commitment and our understanding of the fact that one mitzvah at a time and uh, one uh, bit of Torah learning at a time and one uh, bit of Ahavat Yisrael at a time, we can really impact upon change, fix and mend. Um, this entire world. And so this is this day, Yudshvat, today, an awesome, powerful day. We really, if we think about it, we have the power and the uh, blessings of not one but two rabbis um, coming together on this particular day. Yes, the uh, rabbis of Chabad always looked at, as we mentioned already, um, their predecessors as being present, as being powerful, as being with them and with us um, all the time, but how much more um, accented it is on a day like today, on Yudshvat, on this day, that we have every uh, power, every nuance, every blessing, every bracha from the previous Rebbe, and every power and blessing of our Rebbe, of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, um, for each and every one of us to be able to access, to think about, to um, emulate, to uh, live up to, and to try and follow just some of the magnificent, beautiful, and all-powerful things that they taught and that they wanted us to do as not only followers, but as Jews around the world in order to make this world um, the kind of place that would be prepared for the coming of Mashiach. May it happen speedily in our time. I'll be back with you. Um, in a few minutes right after this and look forward to summing up then about Yudshvat, about Shabbat Shira and about Tu Bishvat, Bishvat. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. So what a wonderful week it is to kind of get back into things with, if we think about today, Yudshvat, if we think about Shabbat Shira coming up on this 
coming Shabbat, if we think about Tu Bishvat, Hamisha Bishvat, which is going to be on Monday, and we think about the themes of all of those things, it is all about renewal. It is all about starting, not starting over, but uh, starting again with all the power and energy that we've had before and then redoubling, um, uh, doing more making sure that we are even better positioned than we were before and making sure that we embroider upon and we add to and we increase in everything that we can possibly do to make our lives and make the lives of others and make this entire community and this entire world far, far better off for that. And so a couple of suggestions if we want to think about today on the day of Yudshvat, on the day of um, uh, thinking about the previous rabbi and everything that he stood for in changing Judaism and uh, the Jewish world and in what the rabbi did, having uh, taken over at the helm of Chabad and of worldwide Jewry from um, the uh, Yudshvat in 1951 when he actually um, finally agreed to uh, act as uh, the leader and the rabbi, if we think about um, what they stood for, it was really about one all-encompassing philosophy, which was to ready the world for Mashiach and to do so by doing mitzvahs, by learning Torah, by being kind to each other, by um, doing acts of kindness and of goodness and of making sure that with everything that we do, there is a focus, an intent, a purpose, a commitment, um, as well as a passionate uh, feeling of love and of giving and of kindness um, that really needs to pervade it all. And if we can just pause for a moment today in the few hours that remain of this day of Yudshvat and think about not what others can do, but what can I do. What can I do to be just a little bit better? What can I do in my spiritual life? What can I do in my physical life? What can I do in the life of my wife or my husband, in the life of my children, of my parents, of my family? What can I do in the lives of my neighbors, of uh, my fellow shulgoers, of my f fellow students at school, uh, my fellow students at university, my uh, chaverim, my friends? What can I do in order to just add, in order to do something a little bit better and a little bit more? Am I going to be stuck in the rut of saying I'm exactly the same as I was last year um, and I'm the same as I was the year before and I don't see the value of changing one thing? Um, A, that smacks of arrogance, that um, I'm perfect in the way that I am and what do I need to uh, change? And B, it is um, very defeatist. Should we not be moving forward and uh, taking steps forward in the same way as people like to progress in the world, in the realm of business, in the world, in the realm of knowledge, of understanding, of science, of technology, so too we should be increasing in our uh, spiritual lives, in our um, lives of mitzvahs, in our lives of Torah, of doing just a little bit more. And we all can. We can add. We can do something more. We can spend some more time. We can show a greater commitment. We can be a little bit more present. We can be a little bit more involved in the lives and in the um, the needs of those around us, of our loved ones, of those who we care about and those who perhaps we've never even met in order to be able to really say 
that I am fully committed and I'm fully uh, given over to making this uh, life of mine more productive and the world a far, far better place because of that. So don't think of big, grandiose, wondrous ideas necessarily. If you have them, of course, think about them and try and perfect them and try and do them. But if you've just got the idea of, you know what I can do, I can add a little bit. I can give a little bit more. I can do a little bit more. I can spend a little bit more time. I can um, perhaps change just a little bit to be a bit kinder, a bit nicer, a bit more of a mensch, a bit more of the kind of person that I would really love to be and that the world would love to see. Um, if we do that and we make that commitment today, then I think we have taken a very, very valuable leaf out of the book of Yudshvat, of thinking about how this uh, year that lies ahead is going to be far, far better for us all. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. And then, of course, let's not neglect our obligation to say thank you to the Almighty, to remember where our blessings come from, to remember to praise God, and to remember to daven on a regular basis, to connect with God, to bring a little bit more godliness into our lives. Is that not what Shabbat Shira and Tu Bishvat, Chamishal Sabishvat, is really all about, to remember where our blessings come from? Um, and um, all too often we're given over to self-worship and we think about the fact that all my blessings must come from me. I am uh, the most wonderful um, uh, personality and the most wonderful person and human being that uh, possibly ever walked the face of this earth. And therefore, um, I am the one who is uh, the be-all and end-all of life. No, our blessings come from the Almighty. Our blessings are from above. It is God, it is Hashem, it is the Almighty who's endowed us with the gifts and the talents that we do have. We need to utilize them correctly. He's endowed us with the blessings and the wonderful things that we see around us, with this beautiful world, with this beautiful community, with this wonderful um, advantage of being able to live at a time like we do, where there are so many wondrous and beautiful and fantastic things that are going on, and we can be a part of it. We can remember to count our blessings. We can remember to acknowledge those blessings, and we should remember that on this day on Yud Shvat and again on Shabbat and again on the 15th of, uh, of, of Shvat, on Tu Bishvat, on Monday, remembering that this is really, su- these are some of the key ingredients to being successful in our Jewish lives and in, the, uh, in, our, in our lives per se, remembering to acknowledge our blessings, remembering to um, pay homage and pay tribute to the Almighty on a regular basis, remembering to connect spiritually and bring a little bit more godliness into our lives, remembering that um, we can and we should and we will make a huge difference and remembering to add to our mitzvah observance, to our Torah learning and to all the things that are really going to enable, encourage and um, really make all of these things happen. So this is our mission, this is our goal, and what a wonderful way to get our year of 2019 off to a good start. hope to be back with you again soon um, on Judaism 101.9. I look forward to being with you again um, very soon. I hope that you have a fantastic uh, year up ahead. Um, if you have just begun that academic year, that business year, um, that school year, um, and we look forward to spending some time together exploring and thinking about the things that make Judaism so beautiful, so wonderful, so exciting on uh, Judaism 101.9. 
Um, I want to wish you a great Shabbat up ahead, a great rest of Yud Shvat for today, a great um, good Yom Tov for the Yom Tov of Tu uh, Bishvat of Chamisha Sobishvat on Sunday night and on Monday. And um, hope to see you again soon or hear from you again soon on this here radio show called Judaism 101.9.